Hey church, welcome to Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is Cody Mahaffey and I'm the connections and group pastor here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So our mission here is simple, to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus your whole life or your journey has just begun, we hope that this message will help draw you near to the person of Jesus. Be challenged and encouraged by his word and be moved to action. We hope these next few moments are a blessing to you and equip you to see who God really is and who you really are in him. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. It's good to see you. For those of you that braved the winter storm here in the room, it's good to have you if you're joining and watching online. Uh, we know so many people right now are traveling. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're somewhere else that's not your home, but you're with a different group of people. It's just good to be with you and to celebrate Christmas together. Uh, as we think about Christmas, uh, a lot of us tend to forget, you know, in, in the midst of nativity scenes and opening presents and traveling and family plans, a lot of us tend to forget that Jesus was born into an actual family. He, he was a, a, a human being that was born into existence with other human beings that he was around. He had a mom and a dad. He had brothers and sisters. And so you, you can only imagine how they could see Jesus or how they did see Jesus. Jesus, maybe you have somebody like this in your family, somebody that's just a little bit different, somebody that doesn't quite fit, you know, that Jesus was that kid. You know, so how, how do you, I mean, just picture this with his mom or dad, like his, his dad sits him down and he goes, okay, Jesus, I'm gonna teach you the Bible. Today, we're gonna study the 10 commandments. I mean, can you imagine Jesus' response? Like, I wrote those. You know, I mean, it's kind of like, all right, this, this is uncomfortable. Maybe, maybe I have some questions for you then, Jesus, instead. Or you think about his mom tucking his son or her son in at night, just like we tuck in our two little boys in at night. How, do you, how does she not say, okay, we're going to pray together today, all right? Do you have anything on your heart that you'd like to ask God for? And, and he just looks back at his mom and winks like, I got you, mom. I mean, you just think about, like, like how did they see Jesus? Like, how do you raise the son of God? Even friends and neighbors or like, if you had older siblings, like how many times do you think Jesus' siblings heard, I just wish you'd act more like your brother? <laughs> you know, he's such a saint. I mean, just think about it. How, how did other people see Jesus? The question I really wanna ask you today, just as we start off our night, is just how do you see Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? You know, you might've come in tonight expecting a service where we, Talk about, you know, Emmanuel and, and Jesus in a manger and there were shepherds that visited and wise men and happy sheep. And, and you might think like it's going to be this kind of nice service and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to live my life the way I was living it when I walked in. I'm going to go back to work on Monday and it's going to be normal, back, same old, same old, nothing changes, nothing different. What if, what if this whole thing is so important that you should actually rearrange your entire life around it. It can't just be nice. It's either, it's either a joke and a waste and we should question why we're actually here, why we're watching online, why we're carving out time right now to talk about this story. It's either, it's either a joke or it's the most important thing in our lives and we should rearrange everything around it, but it can't just be nice. So today, just as we dive in, the question I wanna ask you is if you saw Jesus today or if you were alive 2,000 years ago and you saw Jesus face to face, you looked him in the eyes, the question we just need to ask is would we even recognize him? Because the people of Jesus' day, actually they didn't recognize him. Even his own family, even his own friends, they didn't recognize who he truly was or what he really came to do. 
Uh, and that's a, that's a thing that we still struggle with today. And one of the reasons for that is just because really there was nothing outstanding or amazing about Jesus. He was just kind of a normal guy. And we know that because the prophet Isaiah actually said that about Jesus. So 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah, uh, you know, talks about this coming Messiah. He's talking about Jesus in Isaiah chapter 53. It's this passage of scripture we've been looking at this whole month. If you've been a part of things at Frontline or tuning in with us online. And so this is what Isaiah says about Jesus in, in Isaiah 53 verse 2. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. So, so Jesus literally had nothing about him that, that would have made him outstanding. And so oftentimes people of that time, and I would say for us today too, they didn't see him as the immediate solution to their problems or to their needs. We don't either. Oftentimes we recognize Jesus as something that he's actually not. Even if you grew up in the church, even those of us who have been going to church all our lives, even Christians oftentimes, we don't really recognize who Jesus actually came to be. We either see him as a teacher or an advisor. And we, we can recognize him and say, well, you know, Jesus taught some great things. He gave some great advice about how to live a really good life. And when we recognize Jesus only as a teacher or an advisor, we say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to follow his example. So I'm going to try to be like him. I'm going to try to live a good life like he did. And whenever we do that, actually, we kind of set ourselves up for failure because we can't follow Jesus' example. We can't be just like him because Jesus had something we don't have. He was God and he was the only one who ever could come and live a perfect, righteous life. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He, he was the only one who ever lived a totally sinless life. And so whenever we try to just follow his example, just in our own power, we just end up feeling like a failure. Other times we, we recognize Jesus as kind of like a great preventer. You know, so we, we pray to him and we say, well, you know, if I follow Jesus, maybe he'll, he's just going to prevent any sort of bad thing happening in my life. And whenever we do that, we set ourselves up for just disappointment because whenever something does happen that we view as bad in our lives, it's negative in our lives, then we end up kind of blaming God. We blame Jesus. And we say, well, what good is he? What's the point of even following him? Or the other way we see him oftentimes is we see him as kind of like a rewarder for our good behavior. You know, kind of like a cosmic Santa you know, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows if you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. Help me out. So be good for, yeah. And then what, what happens is we see him like that. We set ourselves up to just be let down. Because when we act as, as good as we possibly can and we do the things we think constitute be having good behavior and then we don't receive the reward we think we're due, it, it disillusions us even further. And really, none of those ways of recognizing Jesus lead to freedom. That's the problem. In fact, oftentimes, those versions of Jesus oftentimes just heap on more burden. They heap on more uh, just on us to have to carry. And so, here's what Jesus does in order to reveal himself to us. The way he draws us to himself, the way he reveals who he really is, he usually does it in one of two ways. Maybe if you think about this past year, whatever your 2022 is like, maybe you'll recognize one of these the first way that Jesus draws us to himself to recognize who he is, is he allows no hardship into our lives. 
Literally, we have like a season of life where the things that we want, we get. The, the goals that we set for ourselves, we actually achieve them. The things that, that, we, that we want and that we are hoping for will actually come true and actually happen. But the problem is when those things happen, when we get the things we want, when we achieve the things we set out to do, we realize that it didn't fix me. But on the other side of it, I still have these unresolved questions. Like, why don't I have peace about myself? Why do I still not have peace about my future and about what's going to happen after this life? Why do I still not have peace about my purpose and, and, and why I'm here? And in those moments, we realize, even in, in our best efforts, even when we achieve all the things we hope to, to do and get the things we want, there's still something missing that we can't ultimately provide what we need for ourselves. We need a savior. We need one, you know, who's greater than us who can provide that. That's the first way that Jesus draws us to himself. The second way that he oftentimes does it is he allows some hardship into our life for a season. A storm blows in, kind of like the storm that's raging outside right now. And as things begin to kind of break apart in this storm in our lives, as things happen, we get to the end of ourselves. We get to the end of our own resources to be able to provide for ourselves. And in that moment, we come to this realization that this is too big for me. I need help from the outside. And in that moment, we realize what we need is a savior. As you think about your 2022, I wonder if your life has played out one of those two scenarios. Maybe it's even the reason you're here tonight, or maybe it's the reason you're tuning in online even right now for this service. If that's the case, here's all I would say to you with that. All that means is that Jesus is trying to reveal himself to you. He's knocking on the door of your prison cell. And, and he's just trying to show you, this is who I really am. This is who I really am. The reason he's inviting us to himself is because he is the captive liberator. That's why we named even this sermon and the series that we're in closing out, Captive Liberator. It's a play on words. It's like the identity of who Jesus is. He, he is the captive liberator. He's the liberator of captives, but he's a captive himself. The captive describes him. He's a captive of captives. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, if we keep reading, it says this, Surely he took up our pain and he bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. The captive liberator put himself inside the prison cell. He wanted to do something so different, so unseen, so incredible. The, the incarnation that you maybe heard, right? Church word, incarnation is God took on flesh. He became flesh so that he could understand us to our fullest, but maybe also so that we could understand him. That it's too like, too, too like individuals or too like people. God inserted himself into our own prison cell. Why would he do that? So he could unlock it from the inside out. You know, every one of us understands captivity. Every one of us understands a prison cell. Every one of us understands being stuck. You know, if you notice, there's a guy in the cell behind us. That's us. It's me, it's Brian, it's you, it's whoever brought you. 
We all know what captivity feels like. We, we know what it's like to be stuck with anxiety or depression. We know what it's like to be stuck by some sort of addiction or, or something that just holds us down or even death itself. We, we all know and understand the feeling of captivity. We, we understand what it's like inside the cell, but th this big, amazing, mysterious scandal of Christmas is God inserted himself into our lives, into ourselves so that he could unlock the door and open it from the inside out. He did it so that he could set us free. But the question is, how do we actually experience that freedom that he offers us today? Mm -hmm. The great news is Jesus actually answered that question. He actually answered the question, how do you experience true freedom? Jesus in John chapter 8 is having a conversation with his disciples. There are four, in the Bible, there are four accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. In the Gospel John, the fourth of them, in, in John chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus makes this profound statement. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. If the sun sets you free, you are truly free. Jesus is trying to get at this idea that every single one of us finds ourselves outside of the family of God because of our sin. That sin has broken our world. It's broken each and every one of us. Our relationships with each other are all tainted by them. Even, even on our best days, we see through this lens of sin in our world. And we're affected by it. And so because of that, we have no family status in the family of God. And what Jesus longs to do is he longs to make us sons and daughters of our heavenly father again. And how does he do that? By setting us free from our sin. That's how he does it. Here's the problem. The problem is Jesus has set us free, but some of us are still not free. I just want you to, to sit there and, and let that sink in for a moment. Jesus came and he set us free, but some of us are still not free. So Jesus came into our, our world by his life, as David was just talking about. He joined us in our prison cell and our captivity to sin. But then by his death and his resurrection, he unlocked the door from the inside so we could be free. And yet so many of us, you know this, you're still not free. You still don't feel free. How many of you, this, what's going on right here behind me on this stage is the perfect metaphor for your life. The prison door has been opened. It's been unlocked. You, you know that. You know, even if maybe you even heard the gospel message before that, that the door has been unlocked by Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. But you're not free, are you? You're sitting in an open, unlocked prison cell. You're not free from the addiction. You're not free from the anger and the unforgiveness for what they did. Still, even after all these years, you're not free from keeping up appearances that everything is okay when you know it's not. You're not free from your fear about tomorrow and, and what's gonna happen in 2023 and what's gonna happen e even in the future as your life progresses on. And, and we know what that feels like. Jesus came to set us free so that we could live in true freedom. And so what you need to understand tonight, that the big takeaway, the big idea is that Jesus' death on the cross did not save me. 
Jesus' death on the cross did not save me. It did not save you. I was saved when I put my faith and my trust in the fact that Jesus' death on the cross paid the price for my sin and opened the door for me to go free. I wasn't saved until I put my faith in my trust in the person of Jesus Christ to be my savior. So how do we get free? What Jesus invites us to do is to get up and walk out of our prison cells. Just because the door has been unlocked, just because you know the truth of the gospel, that Jesus has opened the door does not mean you're free yet. It doesn't mean that you're experiencing a life that he came to set you free to live. We have to take our own choice. We have to take our own responsibility to stand up and walk out of the prison cell. And how do we do that? The Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that if we repent of our sin and we confess that Jesus is Lord of our lives and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that's how we're saved. That's how we get up and walk out of the prison cell personally for our, for our own individual lives. And every one of us has the opportunity to do that. Just because Jesus died doesn't mean you're saved. If, if Jesus' death saved everyone, then everybody would be going to heaven. But what the Bible says is it's only those who put their faith and their trust in the person of Christ personally. That's how we get up and we walk out of the prison cell. I have a friend named Billy. And the first time I met Billy was actually here at this church at Frontline. And when I first met Billy, it was right after Billy had done that. He'd gotten up and walked out of the prison cell personally. He'd come to this point where he'd put his faith and his trust in Jesus to be his savior. And Billy was rough around the edges, to put it lightly. Uh, he knew almost nothing about the Bible. He had all kinds of vices and things and, and that he was struggling with. And I'll tell you, I, I liked Billy so much. I got to be his pastor during those early years where he was just learning what it meant to like begin to walk in freedom out of the prison cell and know who Jesus was. And over a period of time, uh, he became my friend. And in fact, I remember uh, when, when he proposed to his wife, actually right there, right in here in this room, right after one of our services, I just got to watch as God unfolded so many things in his life. For the last uh, few weeks, I've been visiting Billy in the hospital. Uh, Billy right now is in the fight for his life uh, with a cancer diagnosis. For the last 25 days, he's been in uh, a hospital bed and then moved to Mary Free Bed to kind of rehabilitate and get strong enough for the next round of chemo. What I've been amazed by is every single time I've gone to visit Billy in the hospital, and anybody else who's gone to visit, and maybe even some of you in this room know him, you end up in a conversation about Jesus every time. Nurses, doctors, the same thing. He just talks about how grateful he is for his life, how grateful he is for how Christ has changed and transformed his life, for his family, for his wife. And he talks about like this sense of purpose that he has, that God's not done with him yet, that as long as he's still here, God's still using him. He does these like, it's just kind of mind-blowing. He does these like uh, social media posts every single day from his hospital bed. And it's always like a selfie. And then he just talks about Jesus, like out there very publicly, not in some sort of like, you know, weird, you know, judgmental way, just talking about how grateful he is for Christ and how all that Jesus is doing in his life. This past Tuesday, as we were kind of preparing for these services, uh, this was the picture that Billy posted with his, um, with his uh, update. And immediately my eyes were drawn to the shirt. And Billy, has, he had no idea what we were talking about for these services or anything like that. 
But when I saw the picture of him and I saw that what was on his shirt, my eyes filled up with tears. And literally, I just said out loud, that's right. My friend is free. He's truly free. I do not have a clue what 2023 holds for Billy. Um, but I can tell you he's free, whatever the future holds. He can't be here tonight at a Christmas Eve service. He can't, uh, you know, participate in that because he's been, you know, confined to a hospital bed and he's, you know, trying to prepare for this next round of chemo. But I would tell you, he is more free than some of you sitting in this room tonight. Some of you watching on this live stream tonight. He's got a freedom that cannot be taken away by cancer or by suffering or pain or fear of tomorrow or even death itself. That's true freedom. And some of you are sitting here from the outside. It looks like you're free, but you know it, you're not free. You're not experiencing that kind of freedom in Christ. And Jesus came to be the captive liberator. He came to set the captives free and who the son sets free is truly free. Sometimes we get so focused on our prison cell, we get so focused on our problems, on the, on the things that we're dealing with, that we lose sight of the provision God made available to us in the person of Jesus right in front of us, right here, right now. But you're not free until you get up and walk out of the prison cell, until you personally make him Lord of your life. So that's, tonight, that's what I wanna give you the opportunity to do. It's why Jesus came to this earth and was born as a baby was that people would be made into sons and daughters of God and would be set free again. So here's what I wanna invite you to do. If you, everybody would just bow their heads with me who's in this room. And if you're watching online, I would invite you to do the same. Just bow your heads. And maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this information. Maybe this is not what you thought that the Jesus message was about. Or maybe, maybe you've heard this all your life. Maybe you've been to church. Maybe this represents a kind of returning back and not just praying this, but praying it and meaning it saying, Jesus is a fresh start, a stake in the ground. I, I've, I've known about it all my life, but I'm walking out of the prison cell tonight. I'm making it official. All I just invite you to do is just say the prayer, this prayer with me. And you can use your own words. You can use mine. But let's just go to him together. Jesus, tonight, I believe you are who you say you are, that you are the son of God. You're the savior of the world. You are the captive liberator. And so tonight I confess my sins to you. I confess that I can't save myself. I can't fix myself. And so I confess you tonight as Lord of my life. God, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you give me a new sense of freedom in you? Would you help me to walk into this new life of freedom every single day from this moment on? And would you just give me that assurance that you are gonna be with me no matter what lies ahead, no matter what 2023 has, no matter what is beyond this life, Jesus, you, it's, we're sealed in you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. My friends, what the Bible tells us is that if you just prayed that prayer, whether in the room here with us or watching online, what we believe is that you just got saved. That's what happened. And so here's what we want to do. In the next couple of minutes, we want to celebrate that as a, as a church. And we want to give you a gift to kind of commemorate. This. We hope this message encouraged you to know who God is and who you are in him. If you want to take a next step, visit frontlinegr.com slash next. We look forward to connecting with you there and we'll see you back here next week.